Welcome to episode 3 of the Lit is Lit podcast. And um, today we are talking about the Knight's Tale, or Kita and Palamon, um, within the Canterbury Tales by Geoffrey Chaucer. So we're going to start with section 1 of this story, and we are going to go to Zandra Paras. Once upon a time, there was a duke named Thesis. He was Duke of Athens. In his time, there was no conqueror that was mightier than him. He won a rich land with his wisdom and chivalry. He conquered Scythia, is that correct? Scythia. Scythia, which is now known as the Amazon country. He married Hippolyta, which is the queen of Scythia. Theseus brought the queen and her sister back to his country. If it wasn't, um, if it was allowed to be told, the writer would tell the story about how Theseus seized the Amazon kingdom, besieged the queen of Scythia, and more. But all of that must be excluded for now. As the duke came into town with his splendor and great pride, he noticed a company of ladies that were kneeling in the highway. They were crying, and it disturbed the duke's, fe- the duke's feast. When the duke questioned them, the eldest lady spoke about why they were dressed in black. They were asking for mercy and pity on their distress. Their husbands died in Phoebus. They fell and cried pathetically. The duke leapt from his horse with pity, thinking that his heart, his heart would break for them. He comforted them and swore his oath. He would apply his might to Creon the tyrant that all the people would talk about how he said he wouldn't go near Athens he wouldn't go near Athens but on his way he sent Hippolyta and her younger sister Emily to the town of Athens the image of Red Mars had a beast the Minotaur who he slain in Crete the duke rode to Theber, where he would fight. He was all Thetis king of Creon. When he fought, he slew the Minotaur like the night he is. He won the city after the fight. He restored the bones of the ladies' husbands. The duke did the ladies great honor, and Theseus is a noble conqueror. He conquered Thebes, which is where the ladies' husbands were killed. Arsita and Palamon, who were young knights, were of the royal blood of Thebes. They were cared for just so that they would be confined in prison in Athens. The duke allowed no ransom. As Theseus was done with his business, he rode back home on his horse and lived joyfully in his life. He didn't need anything more. Far away from home are Sita and Palamon in their tower. So that's Sandra's first section. It's about the Duke Theseus Good, and he's going to marry the Amazonian queen, Hippolyta. And Hippolyta has a sister named Emily, and he is migrating all of them to his city of Athens. However, on the way to Athens, guys, they come across these women dressed all in black, crying very hard. And when Theseus asks them why they mourn, it is because their their cities have been destroyed by the Theban king. Okay, so it's Thebes, the king of Thebes named Creon, okay? And Creon, he didn't only destroy their cities and kill their husbands, he is refusing to give the bodies back to the wives. 
And so the wives cannot mourn for their husbands. They cannot bury their husbands. So this makes Theseus very mad. So he sends Hippolyta and Emily back to Athens. And he himself goes to Creon, attacks Creon, gets the dead bodies back to the wives. And in the in the among the dead bodies of the, the Creon's men were these two knights named Arquita and Palamon. And Arquita and Palamon, guys, they are the nephews of King Creon. So the evil King Creon had two nephews. Two of his best warriors were Arquita and Palamon. And they are cousins. Their mothers are sisters. Okay, they're cousins, and they are now with Theseus. And Theseus, what he does is he keeps them as prisoners of war um, in Athens. He puts them up in a tower, he locks them up, and he doesn't allow that they will get freed ever. They are prisoners of war, alright? Oh, and by the way, there are quotes, guys. No, there are some very, very beautiful quotes here. I will just read out the ones that I really like, alright? And you can also do this in your summary as well. Here, And it so befell that in the heap they found pierced with many a grievous bloody wound, two young knights lying side by side, both in like armor, richly wrought beside, of whom Arquita was the name of one, that of the other knight was Palamon. Not fully quick nor fully dead they were, but by their coats of arms and their gear, the heralds knew them amongst them all, and that they were of the blood royal of Thebes and of two sisters born. And in a tower in anguish and in woe dwelled this Arquita and this Palamon. So that's section one. Now we go to Z, who is in charge of section two. No gold can buy their freedom, and this went on for years until one morning in the month of May. The Emily was a very fair young woman whose hue resembled that of a rose. It was day, and she rose early morning. She braided her yellow hair in a tress, and she began walking in the garden, picking flowers right and red so she could make... Um, a garland for her head. She was singing while she was doing this and her voice sounded like an angel's. The sun was clear and bright that morning and she came near a tower which served as the castle as the castle dungeon. Inside, two knights were imprisoned. One of those knights was Palamon and he rose and looked outside and saw the city and the garden beside the tower. He complained of his troubles and wished he wasn't born, but by chance he saw Emily. Upon seeing her, he cried and fell to the floor, and his cousin Arctica was startled by this. He asked his cousin why he cried and tried to comfort Palamon, thinking he cried because of their troubles. But Palamon assured him that it was not because of that, but because he was amazed of the beauty of Emily. He couldn't believe the beauty that he thought she was a goddess, a woman who looked like Venus. He even tried to pray to her, wishing to be free from their prison. At this exact moment, Arctica also looked out the window and saw the beauty of Emily. The sight of her beauty hurts Arctica comparing his pain to be the same as Palamon's or even greater. He starts talking about how he feels and this angered Palamon who didn't want Arctica to like her. Palamon says that Arctica should be his, that Emily should be his because he saw her first and that Arctica should respect that since they are cousins who are like brothers. Arctica replies that he loves Emily more because he immediately fell in love while Palamon thought of her as Venus, saying that Palamon's affection is because of holiness. He starts to tell Palamon the reasons why he must be with Emily instead of Palamon. But he also tells Palamon that they are in this together, but for Emily, it is for each man for himself. This caused a great strife between the two knights. So that's what happened, no? 
Palamon saw Emily, the sister of Hippolyta in the garden, falls in love with her. Arquita saw her also, also falls in love with her. So now we have a love triangle. Okay, and they're both in love with Emily. And the thing is, Palamon's his argument, if this were a debate, pa, his argument is that I saw her first. I was the one who saw her first, and so I am the one who has a right to love her. Pero Arquita says, nga, when you saw her, you said, nga, I was not sure whether she was human or a goddess. Ako, the moment I saw her, I loved her as a woman. Yod. You saw her first as a goddess, and therefore, you did not love her as she was. It's so char, okay? And then, they start to have a fight. Because Arquita and Palamon, guys, they are cousins. They are bro- bro- brotherly kayo ni ilang affection for each other. They're very, very close. They even made a vow before that nothing should get between us. Good. We are brothers. We are bros. Good. Okay? However, they are now fighting because of Emily. Okay? Which is kind of stupid because it's not like they can get her because they are imprisoned in a tower. Alright? So, yeah. um, There are some very nice quotes here. Um, and at that word, Arquita chanced to see this lady as she roamed to and fro. And at the sight, her beauty hurt him so that if Palamon had been wounded sore, Arquita hurts as much as him or more. And with a sigh, he says piteously, The fresh beauty slays me suddenly. Of her that roams about in yonder place, and but I have her mercy and her grace, that I may see her at the least some way. I am but dead, there is no more to say. Now Palamon, when he heard these words, looked at him angrily and so answered, Say you this in earnest or in play? There accrues to you, he quoth, no honor in being false, or proving now a traitor to me who am your cousin and your brother, deeply sworn and each bound to the other, that never less we both may die in pain, never until death shall part us twain. Shall either in love be hindrance to the other, nor in ev- nor in any other way, my dear brother. So basically, it's just drama. Good, and then Arquita Pagod added, nga, um, this is so drama what he said, gida. Um, For par amor, I loved her first, not you. What did you say? You scarcely knew whether she was a woman or a goddess. Yours is affection born of holiness, and mine is love as for the creature. Do you not know the old clerk saw who shall bind a lover with the law? Love is a greater law by head and hand than is imposed by an earthly man. Who said, you can't, Palamon, you can't tell me not to love her because no man has the right to tell another man not to love someone. Oh, saga, okay? Saga, section three. So, Duke Theseus, guys, he has a best friend named Perithius. Okay? And kanisila, they are bros. If Arquita and Palamon are bros, then Theseus and Pirithius are bros as well. And Pirithius also, he cares about Arquita very, very much. So, um, Pirithius is bros with Arquita and asks Theseus to free Arquita. Theseus agrees but states that Arquita can never set a foot in Athens ever again. So Pirithius said, Theseus, please free Arquita. And Theseus said, I will free him. However, ang condition lang yod is you cannot enter Athens ever again. You are exiled from Athens forever. Arquita is emo because he can never see Emily again. 
Palamon is emo because he can see Emily, but he has no freedom to try to win her. The knight, or storyteller then, the one telling the story, since this is the knight's tale, asks the listeners or the readers this question, which is better, freedom, but you can never see the one you love ever again, or you get to see the one you love every day, but you have zero hope that you can ever be with them. Okay, so you think about that, guys. Okay, because that's the question the knight says. Now, what is worse, Mangyud? Arkita, where he's free, but he can never see the one he loves ever again. Or Palamon, where he can see her every day, but he has no chance of ever being with her. So, section four starts with Arkita arriving in Thebes. And it's said here that he is in so much sadness because he can't see Najafi's lady. And then we get a description of his woe and torment without seeing his lady. It said that he had sorrow that no man ever had. He was lacking sleep, food, and drinks. And he's wailing and weeping when he ever hears an instrument or song. And his looks and characters changed so much that nobody could recognize him anymore. He was going crazy. And then it's then revealed that Arkita went through two years of torment, but then he saw the Wayne god Mercury. He said Mercury was standing there ordering him to be merry, telling him to go to Athens because that is where his woe ends. And Arkita obeys Mercury, the Wayne god, and goes to Athens to serve his lady. And he saw himself in a mirror and he looked very different because of his sickness. So he decided to go to Athens in a humble tone or like um, a disguise. So Arkita on his way to Athens realizes that he was so happy now because he can see his lady every day. He clothed himself like a laborer and he found a job for a chamberlain where Emily dwelled. He was smart, a fast learner and fit and he was good at hewing wood and water berry. And after a year or two, he was a very loved guy and a very noble person because he was becoming very well-known. Theseus made him a squire and he also gave Arkita gold to maintain his degree and many brought him from his own country and even secretly paid for his rent. Arkita's life was going really well and Theseus really liked him so much. And then the section continues with the narrator talking about another guy and his name is Palamon. Palamon is a prisoner in sorrow and distress, but he loves torture. He's said to be going crazy in his bow, and in the seventh year of May, he was broken out of prison with a friend's help. He broke out by giving a galler a drink that had honeyed cup with a certain wine, with narcotics and even opium fine, and this made the galler fall asleep. So Palamon could easily break free and he then fled the city as fast as he could. So Arkita guys, he did leave Athens where he was heartbroken for years. For two years, he was heartbroken. And then he got a vision from the god Mercury to go back to Athens. And because of how heartbroken he was, he lost so much weight. And so he was unrecognizable. Na. So he returned to Athens. He made up a, a false name, Philostrate. He pretended to be a servant and he was such a good worker guys that he kept getting promoted until he was a good employed by Theseus he was a squire of Theseus and he was in the palace so 
we could see Emily all the time. So Arkita is obviously very, very happy right now. The the quote I really like in this is that when Arkita's getting buff again because he's working after being heartbroken, like work out nasha. I think Chaucer does such a good job of describing it. Arkita could hew hood well and water bear for young and strong, appropriately grown. He was tall too and mighty in the bone, fit for whatever any could devi- devise. So this is kind of like Chaucer's version of like a montage nga nag-workout na si Arkita. He's carrying um water, he's cutting wood, and murag na buff na siya, nagwapo na sad siya, and he's very very happy now. And then we go to we go to Palamon and he was able to break out of jail. Okay, he found a way to escape the tower and so now he is free as well. And then we go to section 5. Okay, so since no one could wake up the jailer, Palamon like fled and ran away. And it was almost done, so he had to hide and there was a grove nearby, so that's where he stayed. He thought he would hide in the grove all day and move at night. And in thieves, his friends uh but prayed and armed themselves to attack Theseus and then Palamon would either die or win Emily to be his wife. So he told Arkita to meet him in the grove that he was in and so he was worried about how they would find each other. So uh, as Arkita was wandering in the grove, he started talking about how he was of royal blood and he's still uh, slaving and working. He also talked about how he also loved Emily. All that time, Palamon was listening to him talk about Emily. So he came out of the bush and told Arkita how much he loved Emily and how he is the only one who can love her and how and he threatened to kill Arkita. I'm good, no? So Palamon escapes, guys. He hides himself in a field and timing Arkita was wandering in that field. And this is so, for me, simang and out of character because while Arkita was in the field, he started singing. Like, I'm so happy that I see Emily every day. He was singing and he was kind of like, no one knows that I'm really Arkita. I don't know who sings their life story and their secrets in a field because they're happy, but maybe it was a thing in the Middle Ages. But anyway, Palamon overheard, he steps out and he challenges him to a fight. Okay, because he's very, very mad at Arkita because, you know, he's trying to get with Emily. So um, this is a quote no, from this section. Arkita, traitor, false and wicked, now you are trapped who love my lady so. For whom I suffer all this pain and woe, who are of my blood, my friend, or so you swore. As I have told you many times before. And here you have tricked Duke Theseus, falsely concealed your true name thus. You will be killed or else kill me. You shall not have my lady Emily. I alone will love her, no other so, for I am Palamon, your mortal foe. So he challenges him. Palamon says, Arkita, let's fight. Okay, we are enemies now. And then, section six. Is- Arkita heard the tale, so he also challenges Palamon. For a battle of love and knighthood, uh, they both agreed to accept the challenge and they sc- scheduled a fight the next day. So they went to their own separate ways and after resting and getting prepared, they each met at the destined location and at that day, they re- still both respected each other as brothers and they fought. What's cool about this part, guys, is even though they're being very emotional, it shows that they do have honor, pa, because the Arkita Goodit mentions in this section that 
he didn't want to fight Palamon right now because it wouldn't be a fair fight. Palamon just escaped from prison. So he was weak, he was hungry, he didn't have any weapons. So Arkita said, if we're going to fight for Emily, it has to be a fair fight. So you get the rest, I'll bring you food in the morning, I'll bring you armor, I'll bring you weapons. For It's good, a fair one-on-one fight. So these they are very honorable men. Again, even though they're being very emotionally irrational about this girl. So Palamon agrees. Arkita returns in the morning. He kept his word. He brought food. He brought an armor. And then we're given this really nice scene, guys, where Arkita and Palamon are helping each other put on their armor. And it's a moment of very... It's it's a very brotherly moment, good, where they're both putting on each other's armor because they've been fighting on the same side since they were kids, good. Since they were young, they've always been on the same side. So they've helped each other, put on each other's armor before. And it's a very beautiful moment where they're gonna fight to the death. But before that, they're helping each other with their armor. So I'm going to read that part out loud. There was no good day, no other greeting, but straight away, without word or rehearsing, each of them began to arm the other in as friendly a way as if it were his brother. And after that, with the spears sharp and strong, they thrust at each other wondrous long. You would have thought that Palamon in battle was indeed a raging lion, a cruel tiger Arkita in the fight, like two wild boars that fiercely smite. Frothing white with foam and angry mood, up to the ankles they fought in blood. So after this moment of brotherly affection, they then started attacking each other. And the battle was so violent, Kunonga. There was so much bloodshed. It reached up to their ankles already. Which is really gory if you think about it. The blood spilt was so high. It reached their ankles already. So... In the beginning, it talks a lot about uh, destiny and that it couldn't be changed no matter what because destiny rules everything and no one can change it. Uh, everyone is, and everyone, it is said that everyone is ruled by the vision above. So, no matter who you are and what you fight for, you are still under the destiny that God has put you in. And even if it may go against your beliefs. So the next part describe, is describing Theseus, uh, Theseus in detail. It says that Theseus is a man who loves fighting and hunt, hunting. He loves hunting so much, it describes it as his joy and his appetite, appetite, or it is his hobby and source of entertainment. Even before he is prepared to go hunting, his companions in the hunt and even the dogs he takes are already ready to go. And it also ser- say, says that he serves the god Mars and D- Diana. Theseus goes on a hunting trip with his beloved queen Hippolyta and Emily, his sister-in-law. They went inside a grove that was close because there were rumors that a stag lived there. He kept on searching for the stag until he reached an open field and was aware that two people were fighting against one another. The names of those two men were Arsita and Palamon, both engaged in a sword fight. Um, Theseus becomes interested and goes in between the both of them literally and he asks them why the both of them are fighting without a judge or an officer witnessing we later discover that uh that the two two men were named are archita and palamon and they beg theseus to kill them because they say that they deserve it because 
They were once mortal enemies of Theseus since Ar- Arkita was banished by Theseus and is his mortal enemy and Palamon tells Theseus that he is an escapee from prison and a mortal enemy of Theseus. Later on, Palamon and Arkita both announces that he loves Emily which then Theseus replies, You shall not die by my hands but by Mars. Then a, then a woman including his wife and Emily start to cry and beg for mercy for the two men to which Theseus pities the women and gives Arkita and Palamon uh, a challenge to win Emily. The challenge was to bring with them 100 knights and battle it out to the death. Theseus says that he will judge fairly and if he doesn't, God will judge him. Palamon and Arkita then accepts the challenge. Theseus with Hippolyta and Emily interrupt the fight he stops them and palamon guys confesses everything he says i escaped from prison this is not philostrate his name is arkita he was banished he was exiled but he came in we're both in love with emily so palamon just kind of like word vomits everything out to theseus and theseus is so mad he wants to have them killed but the women hippolyta and emily they feel very luoy for Arketa and Palamon, especially since, guys, Arketa and Palamon, they are royalty. They are noble good. And it mentions in the in the poem, in the story, that they look noble good. They look honorable. They look handsome. And murag nalanay ang heart sa girls who were witnessing it. They're fighting for love. And so they beg Theseus, please do not kill them. Please do not execute them show them mercy and Theseus um he feels luoy sad for them and i'll mention why it really mentions that what Theseus said is that who is not a fool when he's in love and therefore since i know love's pain and how fierce the heart it can constrain as one who has been in the net alas i forgive you wholly this trespass so Theseus said I know what it is like to be in love and to be stupid because of love I will forgive you for your offenses against me and against um, Athens okay and so guys what he then does is like I know you will still fight each other for Emily but in order for it to have order in order for it to have structure I'm going to give you 50 weeks to each get 100 nights each and after 50 weeks come back to athens and we are going to have a battle you are going to fight for the heart of emily and whoever wins will be the one who will marry emily okay that is what happens in section 7 and arkit and palamon are very happy because now they actually have a shot at getting emily and it's not going to be a one versus one battle it's going to be an actual mock battle for this lady who they're both in love with okay so yeah so let us go to part um section eight when they approach with a knight return from their journey they should have with them a hundred knights each join their reward during the battle they kept their promise to athens each of them bring with him a hundred well-armed knights to maintain the right not all men made true friends they did for every fellow loved chivalry and wanted more than just a passing name Every knight who loves his lover is fit to fight in a bu- in battle, whether it be in England or somewhere else, and that's a fine sight to see on any day. 
And it happened to Palamon, who had many knights accompany him. The knights, the knights who accompanied him chose to wear different things. Some chose to be armed in coats of mail. Some wore breastplate and a sword called frail, while others their breastplates were piled. Some chose bucklers or a crucian shield, others wanted armor on their legs as well as wielding an axe, and some a mace of steel. Every man after their own opinion. There was a man with Palamon, and that was the great king of Thrace, Lysurgus himself. Then with Arkita was the great Emeritus, the king of India, on a bastead. People are gathered in that noble company for the love and support of the chivalry. The lords of the city would gather on a Sunday at night. Thesis, a duke and a noble knight, led them into the city. He housed them, gave them food, and entertained them. So in section 8, guys, then, this is the 50 weeks later where Arkita found 100 knights, Palamon found 100 knights, and they brought them back to Athens. And the vibe of it, guys, was that every young man in the kingdom wanted to join this battle, okay? Because it, it was their gimmick at the time. I would kind of compare it to, like, imagine if people were gathering, like, oh, there's going to be, like, a, a sports festival. Who wants to join among the teenage boys in the Philippines, okay? Everyone would want to join it. And then it makes it more intense because it's a festival, it's a tournament to win a pretty girl. So I feel like every dude in the kingdom wanted to join either Team Palamon or Team Arkita. Good, because it's fun. And if you're not a sports person, then think of it as like, I don't know, a video game tournament. Ba? Now imagine if there's this huge video game tournament, a national or international video game tournament between two guys who need like wingmen and players beside him in order to win a girl okay so everyone wanted to join and so they found a hundred nights very easily and Theseus is so good at hosting events guys it's a big deal it's like a huge party good it's like a giant family day where the whole point of it is to go into battle for the heart of Emily or for the hand of Emily to marry Alright, and so the main wingman of Palamon was a king called Lycurgos. He was king of Thrace. The main wingman of Arkita was King Emetrius, the king of Ind. Alright, and it's kind of a huge party slash battle celebrating this tournament. Okay, and then we go to section 9. Then Palamon went to Venus to make a sacrifice to like win Emily's heart. Then after that, Venus then replied, to Palamon by giving him a sign. After his prayer got accepted, he he then went to Diana's temple. In Diana's temple, they were doing a sacrifice to the goddess of wood about how cruel Apion was. Apion was paying for his cruelty. After Emily's prayer, she was terrified because the fire went out at the altar. Emily almost cried. But then Diana com Emily and told her not to worry about it for the goddess declared for that to happen and after Emily's prayer Arkita went to Mars to make a sacrifice that he wants to win Emily's heart by gaining power and wants victory with the help of Venus the goddess of love and Mars the goddess of war 
So um, section nine, guys. I'm gonna add to that. Okay, section nine. It's actually a combination of three private prayers by our characters in this love triangle. Okay, so each point of our love triangle is now kind of it, 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 we're seeing what the desires of their heart through these private. Prayer. So Palamon, right before the tournament, he prays to the goddess Venus. She's the goddess of love. And his prayer, guys, it shows good nga. He just wants Emily. He just wants Emily. He says, I don't care about winning the tournament. Just give me Emily's love. And if I cannot have her, then give me death. That was his prayer to Venus Gyodnya. Give me Emily or give me death. That's my only prayer. Because if I can't win her, if Arkita wins her, I'd rather be dead na lang, okay? Um, and then, after that prayer, Emily then, we see Emily's prayer. She goes to the, the goddess Diana. And the goddess Diana, guys, she is called the virgin goddess. Good. Meaning, if you want to serve the goddess Diana, you have to be a virgin. You have to be unmarried. And we see, guys, for the first time, Emily's point of view. And Emily's prayer is that... I don't want to get married. It's not that these guys aren't aren't worthy. It's not that these guys aren't cute. But I want to be single for the rest of my life because I want to serve the goddess Diana. So that is her prayer. And this, this is so interesting to me because usually the, the girl in love triangles and usually um, the girl to be one in something, we don't usually get their point of view. But I love that Chaucer gave her point of view i love that the knight as a storyteller gave her point of view he really saw her as a human being and that she didn't like either of them she she thought they were honorable but she wanted to be unmarried she didn't want to be a married woman she wanted to be a virgin her whole life so that she could serve the goddess diana and then arkita then also prays and when we go to arkita we go. He, we see that he prays to the to Mars, who is the god of war, and what he prays for is victory in the tournament. Good. He prays that he will win the battle so that he can also win the love of Emily. And what happens, guys, after these prayers in section nine, is that the gods then start fighting because they want to answer the prayers of these characters, but the desires of their characters are not are not lined up they are they are conflicting and so even the gods begin to fight now about which prayer they should answer and these are you should read if ever you're gonna read a section read section nine because like i highlighted so much in it i highlighted a section from each prayer and um it's nice if you read section nine because um smart is he chostering he showed us these characters and what they wanted through the things that they prayed about. So I recommend you read section 9. But for now, guys, who are you rooting for? I want to know, are you team Arkita? Or are you team Palamon? Or are you neither? Palamon, who do you want to get, Emily? Or you can also put team no one. There was a great feast in Athens that day. The lively season of May put everyone in a good mood. They all needed to wake up early in order to witness the tournament. When the sun started to rise, noise and rattling was heard from the horse's harness, which was leading to one place. Hosts of lords riding saddled horses, there you can see harnesses with quality work, 
sparkling shields, helmets, and cloaks. Lords in fine clothing on their horses, knights and squires were all busy preparing. Not one was in action. Commoners were in the audience. The sound of trumpets and the beating of drums was heard all over the palace. The palace was crowded with people everywhere. The hall was filled with conjectures. Soon after the sun rose, the great Theseus in his chamber was awakened from all the noise they were making. Duke Theseus was at the window set, adorned as a god seated in a throne. As soon as the people saw him, they showed honor and respect. An official messenger on a platform shouted, Ho! until the crowd fell silent. And when he saw that the people had stayed silent, he proclaimed the Duke's will. Our Lord the Duke has, in his wisdom, decided that it would be mere destruction of noble blood to fight in the facade of mortal battle, now in this assize. Hence, to guarantee that no one will die, no any kind of missile, pole axe, or short knife will be brought. If he is defeated, he is not to be slain to the broad, but to be brought to the upright stake, that shall be set up on either side and be taken there by force. And if the leader is captured on either side, the tournament will come to an end. Go on your ways now, this is your Lord's will. The voices of people began to rise. They shouted, Amen. God save a Lord like this, so good he with noble blood shall not be defeated. The sound of trumpets began to rise. The two Thebans on his side, Jesus seated in his high seat, Theacolita, the queen, and Emily, and the other ladies around. Westward through the gates under Mars, Archita and his hundred men of war with red banners entered at once. And eastward beneath Venus were white banners and fearless faces. Even the wise could not tell which side had the advantage, in worthiness, rank, or age. They were matched evenly, everyone guessed. All their names had been called to show that there was no slyness in their group. Then the gates were shut and the cheer was loud. So, what happens here, guys, is it's proof good no nga, good vibes ka ni ang party ni Theseus because before the tournament, they make an announcement that Theseus has changed the rules. He doesn't want anyone to die, okay? And that's his new rule. You can't kill anyone. It will be a battle. However, instead of killing each other, how you defeat someone is, in the battlefield, he put two poles, guys, two large posts on either side of the battlefield. And to get someone out of the battle is you have to forcefully push them or drag them towards their side of the battlefield. You have to let them touch their pole, okay? And so, I think this is so cool because it's like a sport. Imagine, good, it's 100 knights plus their leader, Arkita or Palamon. So that's 202 men skilled at fighting in this giant like wrestling battle where they're pulling or dragging each other towards one side of the battlefield to the other okay which and then grabby they rejoiced so much that no one would die that day and i love that theseus wasn't just like oh let's have a battle for fun and yeah, disregarding human life but he's a good ruler good in that he is saying uh, we will kill each other but we'll have fun we'll fight and someone will be a victor okay and so that was kind of how the game would play and i'm going to read it out loud as you'll get because i'm chaucer writes the action really well no man therefore on pain of his life no kind of missile pole axe or short knife shall to the list send or thither bring no short sword with point for biting 
shall any man draw or bear at his side, nor shall a man with his opponent ride. More than one course with a sharp ground spear, but fence, if he wish, on foot himself to spare. And he that is defeated they shall take, not slain, but brought to the upright stake, that shall be set up by either side, and taken there by force shall there abide, and if it so befalls the leader is taken, on either side or his opponent slain. No longer then shall the tourney last, God speed you, go forth, lay on fast. So he adds these new rules, and then he tells them to fight. And the battle does start in section 11. So in section 11, it begins with the battle scene. Mm. Then it shows there that many men fought and died. Jesus lets no, they his... No, okay. well, they did not die. Huh? They fell. But again, okay. the rule is yeah, no killing. Baya. I, okay, okay. 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 Sorry, sorry. So, mm. so Jesus lets his men rest for a day. And on that day, he meets with his enemies. Their jealousy is very dangerous that when Palamon hunts, he hunts filled with so much anger. He hunts, he imagines that Arketa is the lion and he kills it very wildly. So Palamon and Ar Arketa fought. So Arketa won the fight. So Thesa said that Arketa won the fight fairly. So he gets the girl, which is Emily, because Palamon lost. Then Emily got sad because she liked Palamon better. It's not completely wrong, but I'll clarify it. Lang, okay, so the battle happens, guys, and obviously it's very, very intense. Even though no one is, is gonna die, no one is allowed to kill, obviously it's gonna be very, very chaotic, and it's going to be very wild, and it's gonna be very brutal. And Chaucer describes the action very well. It's bloody good because they're punching each other, and they're hitting each other and they're dragging each other towards one side of the battlefield to the other. Um, in the heat of the battle, good, um, it says good na Arkita, Arkita's main wingman, who was the Emetrius, okay? King Emetrius, good, started pushing Palamon towards his side of the battlefield, okay? And Palamon was putting up such a good fight, but 20 other of Arkita's men started pushing said Palamon. And I think the action is described so well, guys, because I don't know, I'm imagining this this field, good, and it's muddy now because of the blood. And then 20 knights plus um, Arkita's main wingman, Emetrius, is pushing and dragging Palamon to his side of the battlefield. Now, um, Palamon's main wingman, see, like Kyrgos, then sees what's happening. It's so drama. Like, he's being pushed nearer and nearer towards his pole. Um, like Kyrgos charges, he knocks Emetrius off his horse. So it's wingman versus wingman. However, it's too late, guys. Palamon hit na the pole. So Arkita does win, as Nanya said. Arkita does win. Palamon loses because 21 men were able to push him towards the battlefield and he touched his side of the pole already. And so Arkita is the winner. And we don't know. It was okay. Nan, I think you were confused. Nga, na sad see, na sad see Emily. We don't know Emily's reaction yet. That's in the next section. Okay, However, the one, the one who was sad was Venus. The one, the goddess that Palamon prayed to was very mad that Palamon lost. But Jupiter, okay, the head of the gods, or oh, Saturn the eye, the god of time, comforted her and said, don't worry, 
things will be put to right. So um, the people such as the trumpeters were playing their instruments loudly to honor Ar- Arkita. Mm-hmm. The heralds were rejoicing and cheering for Sir Arkita while he was riding on his horse to show his face among the crowd. As he was riding and looking at Emily, she smiled and cheered for him. Emily did this as a favor for the fortune. And suddenly, Pluto did Saturn a favor by showing off his fury towards the horse. The horse got frightened of Pluto and attempted to escape from Pluto's fury. Its, uh, its leap caused Arkita to be unable to protect his head and fall down badly. As he fell down, the saddle bow injured and broke his breastbone. His face was covered was then covered with blood while his body lay on the ground. He was brought immediately to the palace of Rufius. While he was resting on his bed, he still survived his injuries and his memories remain. Then he starts calling out for Emily. Duke Theseus and his men with confidence went to Athens. He wished his men would not feel sad about what happened to Arkita. His men believed and said that Arkita would not die because he can survive and his injuries can be healed. The men were also glad that none of them were killed. However, some men were brutally injured, such as having broken arms. One of them got pierced with breastbone. Some injured men had charms and salves. These injured men were using herbs and purgatives to heal themselves. While the men were hoping not to lose each part of their body or limbs, they were drinking. Theseus tries his best to comfort and honor his men. Then, Theseus was working for the foreign princess overnight. The men had a feeling that they might lose the battle and they were not discontented over what they had. Twenty knights alongside the human were walking and carrying one person alone as a sign of honor and bravery. Theseus announced that he would end all jealousy and rancor. He stated that each man should have their victory for their battle. According to his other announcement, men should get awards and have a feast for three days fully in order to honor their king. Some men left Athens and went on their journey. Every person on the journey would go home to the nearest spot. None of them called for help, but each of them respectfully greeted a farewell. I'm going to read it out loud, guys, how what happened in this section. This fierce Arkita, helm no longer, so Arkita won, all right? Um, he took off his helmet so he could show his face to the audience and to Emily. Riding his coursers, he was riding on his horse to show his face, canters the whole length of the place. So they had like a victory march for Arkita after he won. Looking upward towards Emily, and she to him shows an eye most friendly okay so what he took off his helmet on and he's like riding the horse in a victory on he looked up at emily and she looked down on him on she was smiling she was happy and her reaction to it you guys is i think any other girl's reaction you do you think you don't like someone but then you know he's cute and then he fights for you and he won and he's so happy and he has you you will feel good and so she looked at him in a killig way, he was so filled with joy, good. However, Saturn, um, Titan of Time, okay, he asked Pluto, who is Hades in Greek mythology, okay, to scare the horse of Arkita. So Hades causes an earthquake, and the horse freaks out. It Arkita falls off his horse. He hits his head. Na injured si Arkita, and so they had to bring him into the palace to nurse him back to health. And yeah, Theseus, to kind of comfort the men, said, it's gonna be okay. He's gonna be fine. For now, let's all tend to our wounds. Instead of partying lang sa, let us be a brother one to another. Let us help each other recover. 
is gonna be fine. They're gonna end up together. Pero focus on the, the your enemy. Focus on your friends. Make peace. And so the tournament ends very well, guys. Everyone makes peace. Everyone's worried about Arkita, but Tisia says, he's gonna be okay." Okay, and then they all tend to each other. They use that worry and concern for Arkita to help each other out. And then everyone left the tournament as brothers. Good kono. So it it didn't end with jealousy or with strife. It ended with a friend, with friendship, and with Arkita recovering from his injury. Okay, until we go to Arkita's breast swells and the sore increases at his heart more and more. The clotted blood, despite all leechcraft, corrupts and fester, festers in his blood, so that neither the bloodletting nor the drinking of herbs are any help. Arkita's lungs begun to swell, and every muscle of his breast down is wasted by venom and corruption. He was going to die. Before he died, he said his final words. As soon as he was finished with his speech, his spirit has left his body. Emily shrieked and Palamon howled in agony. Soon after, Theosis took up his sister, swooning her away from the corpse. All of the Athens were said to mourn Arkita's death. Emily, Palamon, and Theosis were said to be unconsolable. Emily wept both Eve and Morrow. In the end of the chapter, Aegis, the father of Theosis, took him aside and comforted him, saying, in short, that life is a journey and there always is an end to every journey. So, Arkita, guys, doesn't get better, okay? He gets worse so bad to the fact that you know he's going to die. And so what he does is he calls Emily and Palamon. He wants to talk to them before he dies. And he calls them in together, guys. And I'm going to read it out loud, huh? Because I love I love this part so much, kid. So he sent for Emily by and by and Palamon, that was his cousin dear. Then said he thus, as you shall now hear. The woeful spirit may not within my heart show one iota of my sorrowful smart. To you, my lady, whom I love the most, but I bequeath you service of my ghost. To you beyond every other creature, since my life may no longer linger. Alas the woe, alas the pain so strong, that I for you have suffered and so long. Alas for death, alas my Emily, alas the parting of our company. Alas, my heart's queen, alas, my wife, my heart's lady, under of my life. What is this world? What can a man save? Now with his love, now in his cold grave. Lying alone with none for company, farewell, my sweet foe, my Emily. And soft, take me in your arms, I pray, for the love of God and hark to what I say. So he basically tells Emily, I love you, good. And it's so sad that I had you for a moment and the next, I'm gonna go to the grave. And then he says, I have one more thing to tell you. I have to my cousin Palamon shown strife and rancor many a day gone for love of you and out of jealousy. Yet Jupiter, so wise, my soul give leave to speak of him, your servant, properly in every dimension, full and truly. That is to say, truth, honor, knighthood, wisdom, humility, and noble kindred, generosity, and all that is of that art. So may Jupiter take my soul's part. For in this world right now know I none so worthy to be loved as Palamon. So Palamon, so Arkita is saying, uh, it's your choice. You don't have to marry. But if you will marry, 
be. There is no one more worthy. There is no one who loves you more than Palamon does. So Arkita's such a nice guy. He's dying. He's losing her. But he does tell her nga, if worthy. He is the most worthy man I know. He is the only man I know who actually deserves you. Who serves you and will do all his life. And if that ever, you shall be a wife. Forget not Palamon, the gentleman. With these words, his speech to fail began. Okay? And he then dies. And both Palamon and Emily are heartbroken. All of, um, all of Athens is heartbroken. And there's a very beautiful quote in the end of this section where Theseus says, This world is but a thoroughfare of woe, and we are pilgrims passing to and fro. A life is full of sorrow, and everyone around us are just fellow pilgrims. So we should be kind, we should be compassionate to each other. So in section 14, um, the Greeks just finished mourning, and then they had a meeting, and they planned out that they wanted to have an alliance with um, the other countries. Like, they wanted to have an alliance with the Thebans, and then the Thebans sent Palamon and the Theus, Theus sent Emily. And then um, Palamon made a strong love for Emily. And then they were talking about how sad it is to have an alliance because um, all their beautiful land and all their nice stuff in their country will be like gone. All their progress will be gone. And then there's also this part where they talk about how God planned everything like everything's just a circle of life like you you're a baby and then you become an adult you get married and then you die it's also the same like with having a king where like there's a new king and then the king will rule and then the king will be old and they'll just die so when Theseus ordered for Palamon and for Emily to be sent and when everyone was seated, Theseus began to make a speech. And first, he begins by saying that the first mover, one of the greatest and noblest acts that he did was creating the fairest chain of love because it binds everything. And that same mover, he created the world in such a way that everyone in it only has a certain amount of days to live. And though even nature will progress, this progression does not happen for eternity because the oak tree that begins to spring to life will soon end up wasted and the greatest towns will eventually rise and eventually fall. And this also applies to men and women because they will die at an appointed time, be it on their beds or on the battlefield or because of nature. And that's why Theseus decreed that it is wisdom to make the best even out of circumstances that they did not choose. Because man is most honorable when he dies at the peak of his honor. However, only man's willfulness will see whether one can attain that greatest honor or not. And when Theseus mentions Arkita, he states that Arkita departed from this prison of a life in all honor and chivalry. And at the end, he announces news of comfort, and that with his and the parliament's full assent, Palamon and Emily will get married. And when they got married, they had a happy, a faithful, and loving marriage. It was so beautiful because they don't have any fights or any jealousy coming between them. And here ends the night's tale. So, kind of, no, that's what happens because no years pass, and Murag Theseus is kind of like, okay, we've mourned enough now. So he calls Palamon and Emily 
to him and he says nga, um, I'll quote this, what can I conclude from this long story but after woe advise us to be merry and thank Jupiter or thank God for all his grace and ere that we depart from this place I suggest we make of sorrows too one perfect joy to last forever too. He said that you're both so sad. I really believe that the way to to end this sorrow is for you to get married, for you to become one. And um, and he does give Emily that choice, guys. In the way it's written, he says that it's your choice, but you can end this man's sorrow, and I think he can end your sorrow as well. And then he then says to Palamon, nah, I think you need but little sermoning to give your own assent to this thing. So to Emily, he gives a long speech. Nah, it's time to be happy. Murag, you've been sad long enough. And then he tells Palamon in two lines where, I don't think I need to convince you to marry her, so I won't. Okay, and in the end, they do get together. So in the end, Palamon does get the girl, and that is the Knight's Tale. All right, so that is it, guys. Um, that is it for our episode. Bye. Goodbye. All together now. All together. <laughs> to, our, to our listeners. Bye, guys. Sayonara.